0: Hello, and welcome to the Real Answers Podcast. I'm Michael Martin, President and CEO of the National Wood Flooring Association, and I'm here with Chris Zizza as we continue our series looking at more ways to be profitable as a contractor in particular in the wood flooring business. Chris, welcome. Thank you very much, Michael. Happy to be here. Thank you. Today we're going to talk about turning callbacks into opportunities. Callbacks are going to happen, guys. We all know that. And um, I think where I'd start is to say when the call comes... Take a 10-second count in your head, particularly if you've got the message from the client and they're upset. The clients will talk to you about uh, callbacks all the time, and they don't realize often, I hate to say it this way, but how rude they're being in your voicemail. And we all know we sit there and we we look at the phone going, really? And sometimes your wife or your kid is in, in the house or in the car with you, and you're hearing these messages I know one day I had a call when my daughter was, uh, over the summer, working our phones, and she called me up in my truck. She goes, Daddy, you just had a call from a client, and uh, boy, I don't think this person likes you very much. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I've certainly been on the receiving end of these calls, and the first thing I've learned is to calm down before I call them back and not take what they're saying personal. The reality is they're paying us to do a job there's been a problem with the job, and guess what, guys? we got to fix it. So I've been trained in my head to say to myself, is this callback an issue or an opportunity? And so let me give you an example of a job we had in Boston. It was in a high-rise. It was a Brazilian cherry floor that they wanted to get the red out. We've all been there. Uh, we did an ebony dye stain, ebony, ebony dye, ebony stain on top, and uh, three coats of oil on top of that. Client, loved the floor. Everything came out fine. Life's good. Month in, we get a call. It's scratching too easily. It's a black floor with floor-to-ceiling windows, and you're seeing scuffs because you want to drag your luggage around. Okay, clearly my fault. So the designer says, is this a wearability issue? And the color choice was oil base because that got them where they needed to be well we ended up upgrading them to traffic hd what we say a commercial grade finish going to wear a little better kept the sheen level and we did the job the designer paid the movers uh to do their part with moving we moved the furniture to one half of the apartment as a big apartment Moved, did the coat moved it to the other half did the coat we've all been here right well the sheen levels didn't match and boy, were they upset. And the designer said, what are we going to do about this, Chris? And I said, well, the first thing we're going to do is calm down, and I'm going to come look at it. And I went there with an open mind, and I looked at it. Because first I was thinking, they're just being fussy. I hadn't seen it yet. And then I went there, and I said, Ray Charles could see the difference in the sheen. I literally. Ray did. Charles is blind, folks. It's an <laughs> old reference, but. <laughs> Thanks. If I could think of a blind current person, I would. CV <laughs> Wonder's still alive. He could have seen it too. So um, the the point is, it was absolutely a callback. And I looked at the homeowner, and I looked at the designer, and I said, CNR we will take care of this 100%. We'll, we will take care of it. She's like, do you know how much those movers cost? I said, don't worry about your movers. We'll take care of it. And we did. We moved the furniture to one side. We did the coat. We moved to the other side. We made everything right. And... Yeah, it cost a little bit of money, not a lot of money. And the whole job was expensive. We owned the callback, and I got the nicest message from the designer. And when I tell you it was a glowing message, it really was. But what I really loved was when she said, Thank you so much. I know this was a headache on both sides of the fence, and I'm grateful for your professionalism. I can't wait to see you on the next one. And that's that's why... You, you've got to stay calm because even if I stood behind the floor and did it, but did it with a snarl and and, and bitching and moaning the whole time, yeah, we'd have got through it, but there won't be a next time because the only thing she's going to remember was the headache part of it. So you got to turn them into opportunities, man. It's part of being a professional. You know, Michael, the other thing about turning callbacks uh, into opportunities, there's also... The part where we show up to measure a job and we as the professional, the experienced person who knows what we need to do, you're looking at the specification. I'm talking about a remodel we had in Boston. They had floated some cork a half inch thick and then threw some plywood on top of that and then nailed it. And the whole ensemble wasn't, there just wasn't enough there to hold the nails. And the floor had a little bit of loose behavior and they wanted us to do a patch and add more flooring and so forth and so on, um, I looked around and I and I, and they said, factually, you're going to do it the same way it was done. And I said, uh, and it was a good job. It was big. And I said, listen, I appreciate your time. Uh, I don't want to waste yours. And I'm afraid that I can't embrace a specification that I know is going to fail somewhere down the road because it's still going to have my name on it. So I said very politely, listen. I apologize, but CNR Flooring is going to pass on bidding the project. And he looked at me. He goes, "Excuse me." I go, "Yeah, it's look. This is where we work. This is the Back Bay of Boston, and we'd love to have the job. But guess what? I'm afraid we're going to pass because you want to do it a way that's wrong, and I just can't do that. But I appreciate your time." Shook his hand, and I left. I think it was about two hours later. I got a call from his partner. The guy calls up and he says, "Hey, I'm so and so, the builder." Uh, you met my site super, my partner on, on site, and they said, you don't want to bid the job. I said, I'd love to bid the job, but I can't bid it the way you're asking to do it. And he said, well, that's why I'm calling you back. We'd love it if you would come back, look over the job, look at what we have to do, and then write the spec that you can stand behind because that's what we're looking for. We, don't have, we haven't had the best luck this year with hardwood guys, so I'm looking for somebody that wants to do it correctly. Would you mind coming back? I said, yeah, no worries, man. I'll be there tomorrow. I went back. We're doing the job. 68000 Not a monster big job, but a pretty good job. And we're doing it according to our specification, one that I can stand behind, one that I can warranty. And I don't anticipate having a call back. So did you end up tearing out the other floor? The other floor's staying. It's existing in six other rooms. We're just going to do a sand and finish. I've alerted them that they can expect the floor is going to get a little loose because of the spec they followed, but where we're going to do it, we, we brought the cork down to a quarter-inch level, and we put a thicker plywood on top. We still got the same heights when it was done, and they're happy. They still got sound deadening. Uh, the person who went before us just overshot the sound deadening, but we're not going to have a callback. That's that's the point. Right. So I guess the advice there is that the best, the best callback is the one that's avoided. It is, and... I always say this to you guys all the time. Let's be a professional. Let's let's be the best professional we can be. And sometimes that's talking to your client about what what should we do here. This isn't the best way to do it. And when they tell you, oh, my friend did it this way, well, okay. But your friend's not going to warranty this floor. I am. And, you know, I have dialogue with other guys. Uh, we were just all out in Vegas not too long ago at Surfaces show, and I talked to some of the other guys about callbacks. We talked We talked about everything, quite frankly. You know, one of the things we talked about other than callbacks was pricing. Um, because people would say, oh, I got my floors for this and it's half of what you're charging or it's less than what you're charging. And they had a callback and now they want you to do it over because the person that isn't answering that callback, because they that's you know, a rough and buff company. We all know there's people that draw the market down by charging too low, and then they don't stand behind their products. So now you're there trying to fix their mistakes. And that that also is an opportunity. But in a scenario when that happens to us, I give them the price and they go, no, 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 we, the price is this. You know, Here's the guy's quote. And I go, yeah, that's the guy that's not calling you back. And so we got into this dialogue about Well, my market doesn't allow me to charge what you charge up there in Boston. And I'll tell you what, guys, I get disappointed when I hear that. I've heard that from guys in Denver. I've heard it from guys in Chicago. I've definitely heard it from guys in New York. And the truth is, I don't think you're selling the product the right way. You know, when we're talking high end, first of all, market to the high end. Somebody who has a house that's worth... You know, depending on what 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 the area what the region draws for pricing, but let's say you have a house that's three quarters of a million dollars, you're obviously dealing with somebody who's fairly successful. They can buy a house for seven hundred fifty grand, and that person wants good things in their home, so they're gonna pay. If they could pay three quarters of a million dollars for a house, they can pay an extra dollar a square foot to you for a quality project, and that's I guess that's the takeaway on that. You know. I hear over and over that I'm a dollar a foot more than somebody else. And I go, well, it's a 800 foot job we're talking about right now. So would you like to pay that guy or go to a hotel twice or just pay the extra dollar foot to me, the 800? It's 800 bucks is what quality costs today, at least in this scenario, if you will. Does that make sense to you guys out there? Because I hope it does. I'm always about don't raise your price to be an insulting person. Raise your price to the right cost so that you make your margin, you stay in business, and you become you know, a, a 30-year business. That's, that's how you survive out here. Thanks, Chris. That's really good advice. We look forward to hearing you on the next podcast. Right on. Just trying to keep it real.